Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the first episode for season two of the Learning Lab. The first season of the Learning Lab was a huge success. And I'm hoping to share some more stories, tips, tricks, and really anything else I find interesting here in season two. And don't worry, those commercial breaks that you all love aren't going anywhere. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, well, stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Today's episode is being released just before Halloween, so I thought it'd be fitting to talk about something we all know about, but aren't quite sure about ghosts. Yes, that's right, ghosts. Please note that material for this episode was obtained from Ghostly Evidence by Kelly Milner Halls. I'm your host, Nick Warren, recording from Maple Ridge, British Columbia, and this is The Learning Lab. Well, what is a ghost? People who believe in ghosts think of them as spirit forms of those who have died. They think ghosts may try to communicate with the living from beyond the grave. But of course, not everyone believes in ghosts. A February 2013 Huffington Post poll of 1,000 people found that 32% did not believe in ghosts. 25% weren't sure, but almost half, around 43%, believed ghosts were real. Here's an example. In 1872, um, John and Mary Slattery, they had a mansion built in New Orleans, Louisiana, the United States. And the couple lived in it with their six children and two family friends. P.J. McMinn and Sons Undertaking Company purchased the Victorian home in 1923, and they converted it into a full-service mortuary, which is a funeral home. The company escorted all kinds of bodies there, totaling around 20,000 people to their final resting places for their funeral home business. And then in 1996, the building was sold again, but it fell into disrepair. And with this imagined history in mind, an audio video expert named Jeff Bourne purchased the building in the year 2007. He wanted to create a tourist attraction, the Mortuary Haunted House. He used state-of-the-art special effects, simulate ghostly horrors for, for visitors, trying to get a lot of tourists to come by. And manager Lance Hawk leads hundreds of visitors through the haunted house every year. And he says it's creepy that so many dead bodies were drained there and prepared for the burial under, burial under the roof. But Bourne is an expert in special effects, so the thrills are they're more fun than scary, knowing that they're not real. But even so, they would take pictures of every nook and cranny just for fun and just in case. And then in September 2007, they were reviewing one of the latest ghost tour photos, and he made a startling discovery. One of the pictures of the mortuary staircase looked absolutely normal, but the second one left him speechless. It showed the image of a person shyly peeking around the staircase corner, a ghost. What about animals? Can animals be ghosts? Well, according to paranormal investigator and author Richard Sennett, the spirits of Dogs and cats stay closer several days before moving on, and animal hauntings are actually very common. He says it's a pet's way of saying goodbye, and Senate believes the strength of an animal's connection to human beings in life determines its likelihood to haunt after death. British Wing Commander Guy Gibson was a hero during World War II from 1939 to 1945. His main connection on land was with his dog, a chocolate Labrador retriever. Gibson left the dog only when flying missions 
against the Nazi enemy, and the dog only left his master to dig holes outside the living quarters. When the dog died in May of 1944, Gibson and his men laid him to rest just a few feet from where he had lived with Gibson. And then when Gibson passed away in September of 1944, a memorial service took place not far from where his beloved pet was buried. Photographers took dozens of photos to mark the somber occasion. And when they developed the film, remember this is 1944, so when they developed the film, something unexpected appeared. Sitting between two sections of the choir was a ghostly apparition of Gibson's dark-colored dog. No one had seen him when the service was taking place. In 2011, paranormal investigator Paul Drake searched for this dog's ghost at the military base, and he said his team made contact. One of our investigators felt a cold spot, and when we measured it, it was 18 inches, it was about 46 centimeters tall, which was about the height of the dog, he says. I heard the growl of a dog, said investigator Michelle Clements, who was part of Drake's team. Three of us heard it, and we all agreed it was a dog. Skeptic and journalist Joe Nichols has spent his life debunking paranormal mysteries. He believes, though, most pet hauntings can be traced to waking dreams or a person's reluctance to admit his or her pet is no longer alive. But Stennett stands firm. He insists if ghostly humans linger on Earth, their, their pets could also be nearby. Have you ever found something in the wrong place? Maybe your favorite hair clip, a piece of jewelry, a card of some sort, maybe a coin, like a, like a nickel, a dime, a quarter. Well, according to paranormal investigators, finding such trinkets out of place may not be coincidental. They may actually, actually be a message from the dead. When Jamie Jackson, director of Gettysburg Ghosts in Pennsylvania lost her grandmother, she was devastated. Her best friend was gone, and almost nothing made her feel better until she received what she called pennies from heaven. I unlocked my door, turned on the lights, and went over to my desk, and there I found three pennies sitting in front of my keyboard, face up, and all in a row, she says. She kept the pennies, but didn't register how odd it was until the same thing happened a few days later. I finished loading the dishwasher, Rinsed out the sink, Jackson adds. As I placed the dishcloth on the faucet, I noticed three pennies lined up on the sink. And this caught my attention, because just moments before, there were no pennies. And then a week later, Jackson was at a plant nursery, admiring some violets. When she saw it again, three pennies face up in a perfect line. Jackson was never afraid, though. It was as if she just wanted to let me know she was there in spirit, she says. And now we'll pause this episode for a one and only commercial break. Hey, what's a ghost's favorite dessert? Ice cream. How do you know when a ghost is sad? He starts boo-hooing. <laughs> well, where do ghosts buy their clothes? At a boo t 
Boutique. Well, why do ghosts? Oh, that's enough booing. Come on. Why do ghosts love elevators? Uh, lifts their spirits. <laughs> and why do the ghosts go to the doctor? Well, he needed a boo stir shot. What about haunted houses? Well, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado is one of the most famous haunted houses, or haunted hotels, I should say, in the United States. It's more than 100 years old. And Freeland Stanley and his wife, Flora, had it built in 1907 to take advantage of the region's healthy environment. Because of the activity there, the Stanley Hotel employs a full-time psychic who's a person who can read people and see their past, present, and future. Madame Vera, as well as a paranormal investigator, is there to lead ghostly tours as well. And there's been some television shows there too. What happens there? Well, when the hauntings began, we're not really sure, it's uncertain. But reports of seeing the ghost of housekeeper Elizabeth Wilson folding clothes dates back to the 1950s. And nearly every room in the Stanley has been exhibited has exhibited paranormal activity one time or another, including lights turning on and off, all on their own, belongings being packed and unpacked, voices of laughter, and the sound of the piano from Flora's beloved music room. And sometimes they admit there's even some people that haunt them with a foul odor, odor. but they add, so do some of their living guests. <laughs> they say we have more nights with activity than without, it's kind of like a Disneyland for spirits. And the Stanley's huge halls and otherworldly inhabitants have inspired some people. On October 30th, 1974, novelist, you may have heard of Stephen King, and his wife Tabitha were the only two guests of the hotel, inspiring one of his scariest books, which later turned into a movie called The Shining. Well, what about paranormal investigating? What do you need to be an investigator of the paranormal to look into ghosts? Well, let's take a look at what type of things that you would need in your toolbox. One, you of course need some sort of camera, you need a digital camera. You may, it may pick up the evidence that your eyes can't see all the time. So you need a camera for sure. You also need a digital recorder. And investigators of the paranormal use these digital recorders to search for electronic voice phenomena, which are mysterious voices or sounds that are picked up by these digital recorders. The idea is that spirits, as forces of electronic energy, and they can speak through recorders or on frequencies our ears actually can't hear. Also, number three, you need a digital thermometer. Many investigators carry a digital thermometer to document any sudden drop in temperatures, known as what they call cold spots. Ghost hunters say such drops accompany the presence of a ghostly energy. You also need dowsing rods. And for centuries, people use these two L-shaped branches to search for water underground. If the two branches crossed over each other as a person holding them down walked, it meant water was under the person's feet. But if the branches didn't cross, the person should keep walking. While paranormal investigators use these L-shaped rods made of copper to ask ghostly visitors questions. If, if the rods cross, the answer is yes. 
if the rods remain apart? The answer is no. But because there's no way to prove the person holding the rods isn't actually causing them to cross, this practice is considered unreliable. Also, you need an EMF meter, which stands for Electromagnetic Field Indicator. And so they weren't originally made for hunting ghosts, similar to the dowsing rods, but they were made for electricians. And electrical wiring often creates an electromagnetic field. When there's too much electromagnetism in an area, people can experience a creepy crawly sensation on their skin. Number six, well, it's actually simple, but needed. You need a flashlight. We're not talking about the one on your phone. You need a good, strong flashlight that's not going to flicker at any sort of paranormal activity. Number seven, a motion sensor. By projecting a tiny beam of light across a hallway or a room, a motion sensor can alert investigators when something breaks the beam, including a ghost. And there you have it. Those are some tools of the trade that you would need as a paranormal investigator. So in the end, you often hear about scary ghosts trying to hurt people. Movies and books play this up to make it more interesting. But the truth is, most experiences people have had with ghosts aren't scary. It's just something they've noticed along the way. So it's up to you to decide if you believe in ghosts or not. Now, if you're looking for more Halloween episodes to get you in the spirit this year, be sure to check out some of Season 1's episodes on The Story of Frankenstein, The Top 5 Halloween Songs of All Time, and 12 Unsolved Mysteries. This is The Learning Lab.